Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Hello! <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. Are uh, you okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. You sure? Yes. Uh, well. Well, well, well. What's been going on with you? Tell me. Uh, what? Since nothing. Nothing's been going on. Um... No, no. I think I mentioned uh, stuff to do with my work and the whole new manager thing and uh, me not applying for it and feeling all right about it, which I think is a big deal uh, Mm. because anybody that listens to this podcast on a regular basis, obviously I've got my weird hang-ups about my job and, you know, that kind of thing. But lately I've got a bit more not really caring about my job or what I do or that kind of thing. I kind of don't really find it important anymore. It's not really one of my things i think in the past if this uh you know like vacancy came up for store manager i'd have applied for it and then i wouldn't have got it and then i'd be weird and i think you were worried that i'd be going through like a like my cycle of uh rumination about the whole thing so i suppose that's a good thing well yeah i think because what i said to you was it was because you said you wanted to go for it mm. Just so if they gave it to you, you could turn it down. Well, initially that's what I said, yeah, yeah because obviously I, I feel a bit, uh, I feel a bit annoyed with the uh, company in general. Yeah. Um, no, but- I, I get that. It's just like because you said that, that's why I said to you, don't go for it unless you want it. Because if you go for it with the thought of I don't really want this, but then you don't get it, you'll be annoyed, and you'll you'll be annoyed for nothing. So I just said, don't like get yourself into that state for no reason. Like, if you actually wanted it, then go for it. But that's why... Yeah, well, we talked about it the other day. I think it was because uh, I... Uh, well, I've mentioned before, I, I don't really notice if I do, like, uh, if I do, like, a good job or if I do something that's, like, considered, like, I've done well at something. Mm. Uh, I don't really... Me, personally, I don't know if this is a normal thing for a lot of people on the spectrum, but if you achieve something that's considered, a, I suppose, an achievement or something that's impressive... Uh, I don't ever recognise that I've done something that's, um, you know, that something that's worth like mentioning or something that you would like put in your CV or anything like that. Like I don't recognise uh, any of that kind of stuff. I don't get a feeling when I've done a good job of something. It just feels like I've done something, you know, mm. I need someone to tell me. Uh, I don't like it. I'm not like needing constant reassurance. It's just it doesn't register with me for some reason when I've done something. For some reason, when I've done something bad. I recognise straight away that I've done something bad. Uh, but when I do anything good or anything helpful or anything like that, it, for some reason in my head, it just, it doesn't feel, I don't recognise that I've done that until somebody points it out. Uh, and yeah, with my particular job at the moment, I've had nobody ever point out the the good things I've done. Uh, and I think that's why I was like pushing for a promotion because I think, you know, then I can give myself some sort of recognition because then if I'm promoted, then, you know, that shows that I've, am good at things uh, but then if I don't get it it'll make me think I'm bad at things and yeah I'll be weirdly like hung up on that and uh, you know because I've, I've gone for this position before and when it happened in the past when I didn't get it uh, I kind of uh, yeah I suppose I kind of went a bit weird for a bit so uh, yeah I didn't want to do that and also I like I said I'm not interested in it I've got no interest in it yeah no yeah that's good that's good it's- 
Yeah, it's definitely a, a change in you because you haven't mentioned it pretty much since we last recorded the episode, which is interesting because in the past it would have been something that you talked about all the time, but you do seem to have just sort of let it go. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got more and more that way because I think, um, well, I think with a lot of people uh, like myself, you get this like idea, it's more of an idea in your head. Um, and I think for me it was when I was like 14, 13, something like that, you know, you have everybody in school and your parents and your teachers all telling you, you know, you need to be somebody, you need to be something, you know, and the standard ones are like, be a doctor or, you know, be a lawyer or, you know, the ones that people always say, you've got to get good grades in school, otherwise you won't be able to be this and then you won't make lots of money. And then, you know, they always make it sound like if you don't make lots of money, then, uh, you know, you've failed. Uh, yeah. You know, like if your grades aren't good, you failed, you know, and you haven't done well enough and your your life is, is you know, rubbish and you should like work on that. Uh, and obviously, like you hear that enough from like loads of different people. And then, you know, once that idea locks in, especially if you're a burger, once the idea locks in, you're kind of stuck like that. That is how you think yeah. that works. So I spent a lot of time thinking, oh, you know, my grades have to be amazing and I have to pay attention, you know, but then I can't pay attention in school. You know, we've we covered, um, I think we've done an episode on this before where I said that I, in all my lessons, I was never able to focus longer than five, ten minutes at a time. Uh, so a lot of it didn't go in or I didn't really follow it. There's still loads of stuff now that I think you've noticed that are basic stuff that a lot of people can do that I yeah seem to struggle with and that's just because it's something that was you specifically only learn that particular thing in school and uh because I wasn't really paying attention so you know I I had that like I had my undiagnosed autism at the time you know I uh like the ADHD thing you know I've got that going on as well so obviously I was never going to come out with amazing grades anyway like um like my grades were always going to be like my grades weren't amazing so like I was I kind of you kind of expect that because when you when you're undiagnosed and not recognized you're not getting the help or you're not having the information you know fed to you in a way that you can like take in and use you're going to have bad grades but obviously I didn't know that so obviously I just think do your best you know do this do that and then you um you know when I got my grades they weren't great and uh you know then obviously I didn't end up being like a doctor or one of the jobs that are considered like, you know, the good job. So then, yeah, I got like weird and strange about that. Yeah. I know I keep using doctor example, but for some reason schools are always like, you need to be this or like an architect yeah. or a or a scientist or a, just any basically, or like, you know, someone that works in like the stock market or, you know, any job basically where you make like a hundred grand a year. Like well, I think, yeah, I think that's... One of the problems, or I think it's a problem in general. I don't think it's a problem for people on the spectrum. I think, like, in general, really what you want to do is a job that suits you. It doesn't necessarily need to be something that you have always aspired to be. But if you have always aspired to be something and you get it, that's amazing. But I think, really, it's just about being comfortable and, like, enjoying your life. And I think if you've got a job that makes your life unenjoyable as a whole, I don't necessarily just mean you don't, sometimes you find your job a bit unpleasant. I mean, if it is actively affecting your life, not just in work, but outside of work, then I don't think that the amount of money you make has decided that that's a good job. Because, you know, some people that make a lot of money have the money to show for it, but not very much 
quality of life, I suppose. But I think that that's something that's not really focused on. I do think there is a, a big emphasis on making a lot of money. And I think if you have achieved a lot and you've, you know, worked really hard to get where you are and now you make lots of money, that's not to in any way put a dampener on that. But I think the more impressive thing is not the amount you're making, just the achievements you have. And that can be wherever you put your own goalposts, especially when you're on the spectrum. Just having a job that you go to can be that achievement. Obviously, if you are a doctor, that's amazing because <laughs> I know how much work that is. But, you know, I just don't think we should... What's the like nice way of saying it? Don't think we should be sort of put down any job i'm not no 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 i know i'm not saying you are I'm just saying like in, in general like in schools like what you're saying the the attitude what? is almost like if how many times do you hear oh if you don't work hard you'll end up stacking shelves you know and what's wrong with that if that's what you are doing there's no like i don't think there should be anything in your brain that goes oh this isn't good enough yeah, I mean, I would say that um, maybe it's because I went to school in the 90s and uh, schools are kind of different now, but I actually work with a couple of people that are 19 and the way they talk about the job they do now, they do the same job as me. Yeah. Uh, but the way they put it down and refer to it as dead end and like, you know, I don't want to end up in a place like this. You know, this is just what I'm doing until I go to wherever. Like, it kind of makes me feel like somebody's giving them that information because they still have that impression. Um and like I say, like obviously, like for me, that's the thing I got. But um, because I don't have a, I don't have like a gut feeling towards what job I wanted to do. Uh, I couldn't be like, well, I do want to do this, or I do want to aim for like something where it's like, you know, eighty grand a year, or whatever, like one of them sort of jobs. Because I would think about doing one of those jobs, and then just think like, I don't really want to. Like I'd hear some of my friends be like, oh, I want to do this when I, you know, leave school, or I want to do this, and I just think like, I don't get a feeling either way of any of that stuff so I thought well then those not those jobs for me um and then obviously like we've talked about like how I don't have like many positive emotions or like uh, a feeling of like satisfaction or um achievement anyway so I kind of figured because I was doing these like shop jobs or because I wasn't didn't get good grades and that kind of thing I always kind of like made myself believe that the reason that I'm not feeling like content or like a form of happiness was yeah. because I wasn't achieving these things that the school said I had to get you know because I didn't have like all A's and because I wasn't now in like I know I keep saying the doctor thing but it's just an example I'm not saying just this but like say because I'm not in medical school now I felt like that's the reason why I didn't feel um you know anything yeah it's because I was doing the wrong things you know and then that's that's kind of bad because like obviously I, I stayed that way from like I suppose this first start talking about jobs in your career when you're about 12, 13, it's when you get to secondary school, isn't it? And I was like that all the way until I was diagnosed at like 26. So it's taken a long time for me to try and ignore like those parts of me that just every now and then, like when I'm doing my job thinking like, oh, I should be doing something else. I should be something else. Uh, and especially like, but I think lately, I think I've done well, like I say, I'm working with some people that are like 19 and they keep going on about how it's a rubbish job and like how, you know, they 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 don't want to end up here and that kind of thing. And normally I think like a few years ago, I would have heard that and then felt like bad about my own situation and just thought like, this is, this is bad. Like I, uh, I should be doing better than this, you know? Um, yeah. 
But now this time when they've said it, I've just kind of, it wasn't like pity, but it was almost a feeling of, uh, yeah, okay, like, that's a bit of a weird view on things, but like, you know, you've got your view. I'm sure it'll change as you get older, but you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, because I think you're welcome to not want to, like when I was sort of around, not really their age, when I was a little bit younger, when I was about 16, I worked in a cafe and there was nothing wrong with working in that cafe. And there was a woman I worked with who'd worked there for 40 years um, and, and loved it. Like you could just tell she really loved it. It wasn't where I wanted to work forever, but not because of the nature of the job. I just didn't want to work there forever because I didn't want to stay. It was in my hometown and I wanted to leave. Um, I I wanted to go somewhere. I just wanted to try living some, somewhere else for even if it was just for a bit. I knew I didn't want to stay there for my whole life without going somewhere else but I I think it's fine to not want to stay there for whatever your reasons are you want you want to try working somewhere else you don't want to have the same job your whole life you want to experience new things whatever it is I think that's fine but yeah I just don't think the mentality should be like I don't want to work here forever because it's like you say dead end or whatever it is because that's not it's not one of the the jobs that you went to yeah. school for, you know. If you have if you have your own ambitions, that's somewhere you want to be. I think that's brilliant, um, and it's always good to have ambitions. They're, in an ideal world, like we were talking the other day, we would like to run a cafe. In an ideal world, if we could, we spoke about this actually like a year or two years ago. Yeah. Um, but you know, it it's it's in the it's in the back of the mind, but it doesn't mean that you have to be so desperate to change things. No, I kind of always thought, um, yeah, like we're talking about like in an ideal world, I would work for myself. Yeah. Um, that's the ideal thing. But like that's as far as my ambition goes is I want to work for myself. Um, doing what? I don't know. Like you said, cafe. Um, but I think that's like one one option. But I think personally, as long as I didn't work for someone uh, and just worked on for myself and did my own thing or I guess work with you because mm. uh, me and you work well together in general. We've worked together before, like paid work. And obviously we do this. So um, we're, yeah, like that kind of thing. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting because obviously like I always wonder about um, ambition, especially when you're autistic, um, because you can't really have the, especially if you're an undiagnosed autistic or have grown up, I mean, you might be diagnosed now and you, you might know you are or think you are, um, you know, because the people that listen to this uh, podcast that think they might be and they're using this podcast as a way to see, like, if they've got any similarities mm. with either one of us. Uh, and then that helps them decide whether or not they will be. Like, we get messages all the time from people saying, like, oh, I think I might be because I'm a lot like Scarlett or I'm a lot like Nikki, you know. Uh, I know I said a lot like Nikki, a lot like me. Um, yeah. So... I get that, like, but I always, I always wondered about ambition. Ambitions are as a weird one for autistics, because, um, you know, like sometimes when I've been in therapy, they've told me that my ambition is because I always feel like there's there's no ambition, you know. I feel like I don't have it. It's just one of those things that you you grow up being told you should have. You should have ambition to do things, um, and that works well, I guess, if you're NT. But if you're a burger being raised NT. They're trying, you know, they're installing the ambitions that NT people have. And I'm not saying that autistic people can't 
achieve them because there's loads of autistic people that have you know achieved things that nt people haven't been able to achieve yeah you know i'm not saying that once you're autistic you should lower your ambitions for basic stuff you know being able to be able to do something as simple as you know go out and do your own like food shopping on your own by yourself with no issues that's an ambition whereas obviously for nts that sounds like something that is completely like so easy it shouldn't even be classed as something you should do i'm not saying like autistic people should lower their ambitions but i think like you need to like alter them um the truth is like sometimes when i've been in therapy my therapist had given me like oh you should just be have the ambition to be able to you know dress yourself or like that kind of thing and i've always felt a bit like no like that for me is not something that i think like well that's a challenge but then there's some ambitions where they're like oh you know it's too far the other way um and I think like, well, I can't, I can't do that. That's crazy talk, you know. Um, so I do wonder, like, with autistic people, like, um, do they have ambitions? So I've kind of, I don't think I've got any, but I don't think I've ever really wanted anything. And I think that's the difference is I don't really feel the, the urge to, for wanting stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, like the things that we've, you know, we we talk about it, like the things that anything people want I guess is where their ambition comes from ambition comes from an urge to to want stuff and I've never really wanted things apart from like wanting to blend in and appear NT that's it but I I already do that so like it kind of leaves you a little bit like not sure what to do and you know if I because I my lot of my like masking and a lot of my NT behavior uh comes from listening to NTs and you know mimicking their behavior they're always going on about oh, I want like a new car or I want to get married or I want to have children or I want to do this or I want to do that, you know. And I think like, oh, maybe I should have them because if I don't have them, then um, people will notice that I'm different. So I start giving myself like fake goals. Yeah, I think I think that can happen because I think that's more common to happen with people on the spectrum because we sort of have a tendency, and obviously I know it's not everyone, but have a tendency to mimic or to want to as you say sort of appear NT or blend in um mask is the better way of putting it I think there sometimes and obviously that you might have your own ambitions to want to have children and get married all the things you said I know of there are people on the spectrum that have those and I, I have a lot of like the standard ones too but also I think that sometimes we can feel pressure to try and mask by replicating ones that are not necessarily real for for us and it doesn't have to be those big life milestones just little things of having an ambition to I don't know get the latest phone when you don't actually care you might really care it might be your thing you might have a special interest in phones brilliant but I have definitely done it in the past where I really don't care about, I don't know, fashion. But all of a sudden, because everyone around me does, I find myself just going, yeah, that's my thing too. I really want the latest. I can't even think of like a brand. I was going to I was gonna try and say something that's in, but who knows. But in the past, it would have been something that I'd have sort of pretended. Yeah, because if you don't, people will notice that you're not doing it. And then you'll be weird, you know, everyone's yeah. wearing this particular brand of jumper, say, and you haven't, like, strived to get one or don't seem that bothered about it. And then that makes people think that you're, um, you know, 
weird or yeah. like there's something odd about you and then that makes you stand out. Especially with you, um, because you get uncomfortable if you start uh, drawing attention to yourself. So if you, by not owning this like expensive jumper, you're suddenly becoming like singled out and attention going to you, that makes you uncomfortable, makes you anxious and weird. So you're having to like get this jumper, not because you want it, not because you like it, not because it's something that, you know, uh, will give you any sort of like satisfaction or accomplishment by going, I want that and then working your way to get it. It's just so nobody notices that you're not wearing it. Yeah, like when I started secondary school, it's just come into my head and I'm going to use it as an example because it, it, oh, it hurt. When I started secondary school, my first day when I showed up, I was really excited because I'd picked a new school bag as you do. I mean, we're in the UK, so we wear, I don't know if it's the whole of the UK actually, in England. No, I'm pretty sure that, I don't know, but we wear school uniform to school. Um, so it's, we don't really have the, clothing thing about what you're wearing but mm. we like I'd picked my own school bag which I guess <laughs> is pretty much the only sort of unique thing you have to you um in terms of like what you're wearing at school because you all wear the same uniform even shoes you kind of have to wear school shoes so yeah it's it's all about like the bag and I bought this really cool rucksack that had skull and crossbones on it all over it and it just looked it looked amazing and I thought it was the best thing ever and I showed up to school my first day with my skull and crossbones rucksack feeling like it was the best thing ever and almost everybody in I'm gonna I wanted to say my school but at least my year almost every female had a Jane Norman bag and it was all the same style of bag. They just had different designs, but they all said Jane Norman on them. And I don't know how they all got this memo that that was the thing. But I couldn't believe how many... I'm I'm honestly, I'm not even exaggerating. It was almost everybody. Um, and I felt really... I also didn't even want this bag because it was just... A, it went over one shoulder, so I thought, that's not practical. A nice rucksack balances the weight, disperses it evenly. I've got to walk to school with my heavy bag. I don't want a one-shoulder bag. I'll end up getting a wonky spine. But then all of a sudden, I just I, I felt like I needed to get this one-shoulder Jay Norman bag because otherwise I stood out like a sore thumb mm. with my uh, skull and crossbones rucksack that was really cool. Sad, because if I think back now, I would have just been like, Scarlet, it looks great. It's a great bag. I wish I had that bag now. And I'd have been like, just go with it. I never actually got a Jane Norman bag, is the end of that story, just so you all know. Never got one. Couldn't afford it. (laughs) But uh, I just remember how bad it made me feel, because I wasn't in on the memo. And then it became an ambition of mine, I suppose, to get this bag that I didn't really want, that I thought was going to give me a wonky spine. It's <laughs> a rubbish story. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a good example. Would you say ambition, though? or I suppose not ambition, more uh, just a, a, a wanting, a long... like, you know, like, because people on the spectrum, um, autistics in general, would you say it was more like an obsession, not yeah. to, like, put words into your mouth? Did you think about it a lot? Yeah, I did. And yet, you know, when I, I'm not even sure that everybody else noticed that much. They prob- I, Maybe they did, because they did all have the same bag. Still don't know how they got this memo. But 
I don't know if everybody noticed, but when I was walking around with my little skull and bones cross, cross rucksack, all I could think about was the fact that I had a different bag to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas, um, weirdly for me in that situation, I would have purposely got a different bag to everybody yeah. else uh, just because I would have... What I would have done is, if I was you, is I would have bought a Jane Norman bag still, um, but I would have picked one that was one designer, one style that I've never seen or seen anybody wearing. Like That's the thing with me is I tend to go for the thing that everybody else is doing or buy the thing that other people have got, but I'll go for... Uh, the most unique version of that that I can find. Mm. Um, so it's still the same as everybody else because I want to, it's, it's like we've talked about this uh, with me, is I want to blend in, but uh, I also want to stand out at the same time. Um, I want to be like everybody else, but I want also people to notice that I'm not the same as everybody else. Uh, and I think like looking back on it, it was because uh, I knew I was, there was something different about me to everybody else that I was in school with. I mean, obviously other people could have been autistic. I don't know. I've not heard of anybody else that's been diagnosed that was in my year, but they could have been, but I knew there was something like different about me. Um, and so I used to do things that used to make me uh, stand out. Like you said, school bags. I used to, you used to be able to pick your school coat in my school. So obviously the uniform was the same, but shoes, coat and bag could be different. They had to be a certain color. Or a certain thing. So your school shoes had to be like either black or I think you could get away with brown. I can't remember. Um, but you could pick any style you wanted. So I'd make sure that I had black shoes like everybody else. And they fit the criteria, but they were different. Everybody else wore like lace shoes. And I used to wear like these weird slip on ones that had like a really fancy buckle um, in the middle of it. So like they were like loafers, okay. I suppose. Um, but they had like a metal buckle across the front of them. Uh, that made them look different to everybody else's. So my shoes didn't look like anybody else's shoes. Uh, and like everyone else wore like regular school jackets. I used to wear a denim jacket uh, just to make sure that people noticed that my jacket was different. Like just things like that. My bag was more standout than everybody else's, but was still within the confines of what was acceptable. Same with pencil case. Calculator, everybody had a black calculator. I think my calculator was like white or blue. So I used to do stuff like that. That's crazy. I I mean, it's interesting because I think back at how badly I tried to, I wanted to blend in, but how much I stood out. Yeah. Because I I did. I mean, you know, I'm trying to blend in by being mute, but then all of a sudden everybody's like, that's the girl that does not speak ever. So I suppose it didn't really help. Well, I mean, like, because I think it's hard to blend in when you're autistic anyway, because it's your interpretation of uh, what you think blending in is. And obviously, as a burger, like, you're practically a different species to the NTs. That's so, what it feels like. So yeah. you're trying to mimic their behavior and be them, but it's your interpretation of what you think they're doing. Uh, and obviously, that's always going to be a problem because you don't, you won't get it. It's like you said, how everybody just all of a sudden knew to bring a Jane Norman bag and you didn't. And I think that's because you're autistic and therefore you weren't in the loop. You weren't getting the the Jane Norman yes. thing. Everybody else did because they're connected in that way where you don't have that connection. So you don't know. Like you do the things that you think you wouldn't notice. You think, well, if I don't talk and if I'm mute, I won't be noticed because I wouldn't notice someone that wasn't talking. But you don't realise that that's not how the the NT brain works. Um, like I said, um, when, I, when I was at uni, I did uh, script writing for film and TV and I used to write scripts, like TV scripts, film scripts, that kind of thing. 
And every time I'd always get the same thing is that my characters do not behave like people would behave in these situations. And it's the same thing. It's my interpretation of how I think NT people would emotionally respond to certain situations or would behave and act. And my um, my lecturers would just always be like, no, this is not how people react in these situations. But when I was writing it, like because you think you know how NT people work and you think you understand it. I wrote it and just thought, of course they would. And I felt that like one of my scripts had like five or six different people in it. And all of them, I felt, were completely different personalities to each other. All interacted like individuals. They were all different. Uh, and then, you know, I'd give it to my um, lecturer and he'd just go, all six of these characters are the same person. Um, they all <laughs> behave exactly the same way. They're all, it's like having six like clones in the, I used to get it all the time. And I'd just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're all completely different to each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, or he'd be like, this isn't a normal response to the situation. They'd be more upset or they'd be more this. And I I think I'm conveying like sadness and like devastation and stuff in some of the more emotional stuff that I wrote. Um, and I thought, yeah, this is a really good. This is how someone reacts. This is proper emotional. And then, you know, my um, lecturer would be like, this is not, this is a really like diluted, watered down response. This is not how some, someone would be more upset than this. Yeah. And I, I genuinely be like, how, how are you going to make them more upset? And I'd just be like, I don't know. They kill themselves. And he'd just be like, no, that's too far. And I'd be like, well, then what then? <laughs> What's the middle ground? Yeah. And I think that's the same for you. That's you like trying to think, how do I not stand out here? Yeah. And you're trying to do what you think an NT person would do to try and keep their head down, you know? Um, and you you just don't you, you just, end up you, sticking out more yeah because you don't you don't understand how it works um and like I say i mean that's that's the issue with uh, i suppose being raised nt it's it brings up a lot of problems like the ambition thing that we've been talking about is uh you don't you don't have the same ambitions as everybody else but then you don't want to say it out loud you know so then people they say to you, like, what do you want to do when you finish school? And I'd just be like, um, I can't say nothing because then, you know, that they'll notice. So you start, I, I can't remember what jobs I used to say. I used to give myself loads of, like, weird little, <laughs> I want to do this, you know, but I don't want to do that. But then you can't be like, I want to do this and then go, cool, that's that question done with. Because they start, like, watching you or you think they're watching you. So you start pretending like you're moving closer to yeah. achieving that goal that you don't really want because like yeah. you don't want them to think that you made it up or that you were lying or something uh, and I always had like that kind of uh, problem I do genuinely think that's how I ended up doing the course I did at college and that's how I ended up at uni is uh, just trying to pretend I'm NT and giving myself all these weird NT ambitions that I don't really want to achieve and uh, I have no idea how I'm going to actually do it because you know, they, they especially at uni, they tell me things that I'm going to be able to do or have to do once I've graduated. They were like, so when you graduated, you're going to have to start doing this. You know, you're going to have to move to London. Um, anybody that works in media has to be good at networking and socialising and going to parties and getting their name around. And they were saying it and I was thinking, oh, my God, like, why am I doing this course? Yeah. Like, I can't do that. I'm never going to do that. I, I, I've only been to London like two, three times and each time I hated it. So, like, I thought, I can't live there. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, you know, go to parties and socialise and get my name around. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't like uh, if I'm anywhere, like, if there's, um, you know, if I'm in a shop and I can't find something, I won't go up to, like, someone that works there and go, excuse me, do you know where this is? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so how am I going to go up to someone and go, hi, I'm, uh, you know, I'm Nikki, I'm uh, you know, doing scripts, like, I've uh, seen your stuff. I just thought, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And now my lecturers were just kind of like, if you don't do this, you will never, like, get anywhere with this industry. And I just thought, oh, no. But that's because... 
really like years and years ago, someone said, you know, what do you want to do? And I just thought, I'm going to make films or I'm going to write movies or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And then I spent years pursuing that career because I just thought, well, it's this or people will notice that I've got nothing, you know, otherwise I would have left school at 16 and then they'd be like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know. And if all my everybody that I knew was like, oh, I'm going to college, you know, so I just thought, cool, I'm going to college because that's what everybody else is doing. So I'm going to college. What course are you going to do? I'm like, uh, oh, um, do I have to pick a course? Yeah. Do you mean everybody else was like so sure? Like my best friend was like, I want to be a PE teacher. So I'm going to go do this for sure at this college. And I just thought, cool, um, I'm going to go to that college too. What are you going to do? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then I'm like, you know, you just pick something at random. Yeah. And like that's kind of like how, I suppose, how I've got to where I am now in some ways is I've kind of just given myself goals I don't really want um, just because if I don't do that people say stuff and even when people said to me like when I first started working in shops you know when I first started doing retail because I've been in retail like solidly now for like nearly 10 years uh, it's my like six years at the job I'm doing now and the job before that I was doing five years yeah people say to me like yeah but what do you want to do obviously it's not this because you know I'm not going for the promotion or I'm not trying to move up like what do you want to do and I used to feel really weird and uncomfortable and be like um yeah of course I want to I want to do this or I want to move on to that and I want to of course I want to um and I'd as you get as I got older I stopped trying to pursue the things I just told people well this is what I want to do yeah but I didn't really want to do it and then as they left I just thought well they'll leave they'll go on to achieve uh whatever it is they want to do uh, I've got I had a friend that I used to work at my old job with and he went to uni in Manchester and I told him you know oh yeah I'm gonna go and do this as well I'm gonna leave you know you'll leave and then I'll leave so he left for Manchester and then I didn't leave I just thought well I'm never gonna see him again now so it doesn't matter I have to pretend and I have to pursue that but then like you know a few years later he came back to the store and I'm still there and I just felt like so like weird like he could see that I was like pretending Aww. before so I just kind of went and hid out back until like he came in and left again because I uh, I didn't want him to see me in the thing so I'd think like oh no he'll know that I haven't actually been uh, chasing these uh, NT things that I pretended so I just like waited out back until he was gone and then once he'd left I uh, I thought I came back out again and just thought oh good he's gone you know if he doesn't come back again yeah that's interesting because I think I did it for long for a bit when I was younger but I think that I changed that way of being when I was kind of in my teens probably when I was about 16 ish I feel like that's when I got a little bit more comfortable just with myself and then I stopped stopped being like that quite a lot and I would say I was quite heavily like myself I wouldn't say different because it wasn't I wasn't trying to be different but I was definitely myself and if that made me different I didn't care a bit more I still try and you know fit in a bit I still don't like being center of attention or sort of attention at all but I'm also quite I think I got a lot more comfortable with myself and just I think it's because I obviously at school if you're really into maths, it's not really a considered cool or the sort of thing you want to... <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they're really good. The math guys, they were like the cool guys. Like they were definitely yeah. like, yeah. But I think, um, so obviously I was, I was really into maths. If you've listened to this before, it's something I really like. But I got put in a math set with 
a um a girl who was also really into maths but was also kind of in the kind of cool group you know the, mm. a popular girl yeah um but she really liked maths and she was very open about it she loved it she she would actively say i love maths like she and she was very just confident in herself and who she was as a person and we actually ended up swapping seats so we could be next to each other because the people we were sat next to were not as into maths let's just put it that way they didn't seem like it was their favorite time of the week when we got in whereas we were both really into it there was a day where the teacher didn't show up to the lesson and everybody was you know just sitting around chatting and both of us just wanted to you know get our maths on and that's when we ended up moving next to each other because we realized that we could work quite well together and you know do our own thing so we did and because we sat next to each other there we sort of ended up becoming friends and just like hanging out with her she was just the sort of person that would say and do whatever she wanted to say and do to anyone that you know she would she wasn't she never got shy or bashful she was very just herself all the time and I feel like that probably helped me because it was about that time I was probably about 14 or 15 um when I started being friends with her and she she was just you know she'd point out all the things where I was different um or considered different to sort of the norm but she would point them out in a quite a jovial like fun way of just yeah you like you know you big weirdo but in a nice way in a, um yeah yeah and and i think because she was pointing them out and making them really obvious but in a way that didn't make me feel like i should be ashamed or embarrassed of them that sort of led to me becoming more confident with who i am as a person because i i guess also when you do mimic people I wasn't mimicking her as such, but I was definitely taking on more of the traits that she had of just not caring what other people thought. Mm. And I think that led me to change massively. I think I really changed as a person when I was, uh, yeah, it was about 16, I reckon, was when I fully came into myself as as being quite... I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know if confident, I can't remember what, what we like said about it the other day, but I guess confident like as a who, in who I am. Yeah. But that really helped me. I would say she actually really helped me to change the way I was. Because before that, I don't think I'd really been around someone who was just themselves, who just didn't care, especially because at school, a lot of people care about, you know, what they what they look like, what they dress like, what they act like. Um, there's a, there, there is a bit of caring about that. So maybe slightly less because it was an all girls school. And I guess we kind of, um, were a little bit more like we, it was quite friendly. It was quite a friendly atmosphere, but there was definitely still this trying to fit in and blend in and impress each other. And, you know, hive mindy, I suppose. And then I met her and she just didn't care and she was so confident. And I don't think I'd seen that before. I don't think I'd realised you could be like that mm. as a person. And then, yeah, I met her and I thought, oh, I can be like that too if I want, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting. I always thought that um, everybody always 
so I thought everybody was themselves. You know, like you said that she was the first person you met that was herself. Yeah. I always like, I mean, I think I still think it now, even though if I think about it, I realize it can't be true. But uh, so I always think that everybody is themselves. So how everybody presents themselves or behaves all the time is who they are. So when they're out in public or at school or that kind of thing. I always think like this is who they are. They're not doing it for the person next to them or they're not doing it to impress people or uh, they're not doing it for this reason or that reason or whatever. I always used to think that they are just, this is them. And I think like that's a bad thing. And I think that's why a lot of my masking is quite flawed because I'm using the assumption that everybody is being themselves. Yeah. Uh, And therefore the behavior I'm copying is what I think is like natural human behavior when it's different depending on you know where they are and who they're talking to or what they're trying to do even when I'd see people be different so when I'd see someone being like sweary and rowdy in school and then when they're around their mom or their teacher do you know what I mean they're completely different yeah I never used to connect I never it used to I used to think well of course they're behaving that way to their mom or their teacher they don't want their mom and their teacher to know who they really are but when they're behaving like that around me that's because that's who they really are I never contemplated the thought, even though I used to do it. So when I used to get home, obviously who I was at school and around my parents and around my friends and that kind of thing is not who I was when I was by myself. When I was by myself, I was completely different. Yeah. Uh, But I used to think that it was just me that did that and that everybody else when they were on their own was the same way they were when they were talking to me or talking to everybody else. So, you know, I used to just assume that's how everybody is, how everybody works. Um. And like I say, a lot of my masking and behavior and that kind of thing is is built up on that. But I never really thought about, um, uh, yeah, I never really thought about that they probably aren't just being themselves when they're around like loads of their friends, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I never really thought about it. Also, like when you said that, uh, you know, when there's no teacher and the teacher's late or doesn't show up and everyone's being like loud or uh, crazy or disruptive yeah. or that kind of thing. I used to just see people doing the loud and crazy and disruptive thing and just thought, well, that's what we're doing then. And I used to just get involved and do it. I, actually, the, a lot of the trouble that I used to get into at school, I've realised is down to me just watching people do it and then um, just copying what they're doing. So yeah. if they're throwing stuff, I start throwing stuff, you know. Like if they're doing things, I'll start doing things with them. Um, and I used to find it weird when the teacher did come in And then I'd get into trouble. I've realized that I used to get really defensive. I mean, I get really defensive anyway when someone points out something I've done wrong. But in that situation, I used to get really defensive because I'd think, no, 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 this is what we're doing. This is normal behavior when you're not here. You can't now tell me off for that. (laughs) So, like, I think I got uh, I got loads of lines once because I, I threw a Bible in religious education at the back of somebody's head because they'd thrown it at me first. Right. And then the teacher came in as I threw it, so as it left my hands, he came yeah. in and he was like, oh, uh, and I remember not saying I'm sorry or feeling bad that I got caught. I just thought like, this is what people do when the teachers aren't here. This is normal behavior. This is like hearing the lunch bell and going to lunch. It's one of those things that you just do in school. So I remember having the argument outside, like he took me outside of class and was like telling me off and I wasn't like sorry, you know, I didn't mean to do that and that kind of thing. I was just full on going, well, you weren't in the lesson. And he was just kind of like, well, yeah, but you think this is normal behavior. I'm just like, yeah, when you're not here, this is what happens. And I remember like having this completely like, I wasn't shouting, like I was just having this completely like, like coherent conversation with him where my logic was, 
that is what happens when you're not here. I was like, I was kept saying to him, he was like, would you behave like this if I was in the room? And I was like, no. I was like, if you'd have come in before, I wouldn't have thrown it. I was like, if I was about to throw it and you walked in, I just would have put it down again. And I was like, but you weren't in the room, therefore it was normal. And I couldn't understand why I was in trouble. Yeah. And he was like, you're going to write lines. And I was like, I'm not going to write lines. And he was like, you are. And I was like, I'm not. And I think the lines I wrote, he gave me the line to write, which is, was like, I will not throw um, like religious texts in religious education. Um, and I added like three extra words on the end. I mean, it was a long time ago, so I can't remember exactly. Um, I think I added when the teacher is... Uh, no. When the teacher is in the room, I think is what I put okay, at yeah. the end. So I purposely made my lines longer and put that I won't throw anything when the teacher's in the room. And then when I gave them to him, I'd written like three sides of A4 with this when the teacher was in the room on the end. And he was like, why have you done this? And I was like, because my point is, and like, I didn't understand what was going on, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that, it, I mean, I got into so much trouble for that. And, you know, he asked me to write them again. And then I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just because in my head I'm like this is what people do like I don't understand why I'm in trouble for it um and I even like even though it's a bit I suppose like telling I was just like everybody else was doing it and then they do the classic of if everybody else like jumped off a cliff would mm. you and I'd just be like no and he was like well so why do this then and I'm just like because this won't kill me yeah <laughs> like so you know what I mean um I used to get into those weird things all the time um and i used to be annoyed because i thought that my nt like mimicking was good you know and now i'm being told off for it and i think at the time i just thought like no i was doing what everybody else was doing i was behaving like a normal person i was being normal why am i now being told off for this uh and i could never really work it out i mean we're talking like i was young obviously now when i think about it it makes sense um i would you know if i was sat in a lesson now uh, you know my age I wouldn't be doing that if everyone else was getting disruptive. I'd just be like, whatever. Like, I'd just sit out of it and just think, like, it doesn't bother. But at the time, you know, I was, like, 10, 11. So you just think, like, like this is normal. This is what people do. And I didn't really understand, um, like, the behaviour of people in general. Like, I didn't understand what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. All I had was follow what everybody else does, and then you'll get the hang of it eventually. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, I mean, you're, because you're like 12 years younger than me, but you're, I feel like your autism's like purer than mine. You've, you've like definitely not like diluted it as much as I have. Like, do you know what I mean? Like mine's still really there, but it's not diluted. Like I've just, I've buried my autism quite a lot. Like it comes out all the time because I, you know, I've got no control over it, but you've kind of just let it be its thing and you've done what you know is comfortable for you. And you know, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I just, I don't think anyone else will get this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I feel like me and my autism, the autism is like the fly sat on my shoulder, whereas you and your autism is like in the movie The Fly, where you... <laughs> uh, just so everyone knows, the... the... You a molecular level. Last night uh, we watched The Fly, so like the 1986 David Cronenberg version of The Fly, and that's why Scarlett is not using this. If you haven't seen it, uh, what Scarlett's talking about is uh, there's a bit in a film where Jeff Goldblum, who plays like the main uh, character, he's got these teleport pods where he can try and teleport himself from one to the other. But as he teleports himself, there's him and a fly in his pod. So as he teleports from one to the other, 
him and the fly splice together and become one entity. Uh, and you mean I've done that with my autism? Yeah. Whereas yours is you've you you and your autism are separate, I suppose. Well, yeah, like I mean, I, we're not obviously. I know we're not separate because I am autistic and I am me. So there isn't, you know, there's not like a a switch I can flick on and off of. This is Scarlet and this is Scarlet's autism. Like I I understand, but I think with me, yeah, I suppose. But maybe that's a bad example. But like I. Um, I guess, like you say, more pure isn't the right word, but like my autism just is what it is. Whereas yours, I think there is a lot of you that for a long time tried to make yourself NT so that even your autistic traits now aren't really what they once were. They're now like an autistic trait that's been changed to try and make it appear more NT. Yeah. But I still like my example of the fly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, because like for for you, I feel like you, you you know you you were raised NT. You tried to hide parts of your autism, the ones that will make you stand out too much. But you didn't hide hardly any of it. You just hide the the odd bit here and there that you thought I can't do that because yeah. people will notice that. Whereas I feel like with me, I've tried to bury all of it like all of it, I've tried to get rid of all of my autism and try and pretend like it's not there at all uh, and just go, I haven't got any autism at all, I don't know what you're talking about, I'm not autistic. Uh, and then obviously situations come up where my autism's just going to come out, there's nothing I can do about it, I can't stop it from happening. Um, and so, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I've just got to let it happen, um, but I can't. And then I get annoyed when it comes out and then I get angry that uh, I've not been able to control it. Um, and I, yeah, it's just, it's, it's different. Like you recognize this person was being on their own and being themselves, this, your friend that does maths and just thinking I should just do that more. Yeah. You know, I should just be myself and not worry. And then, you know, you realize that quite at a young age and you've just not moved on with it. Whereas for me, I just kind of, you know, I, I didn't realize that I should be myself until even after I was diagnosed, like years after I was diagnosed still, like three, four years, like we're talking like, I think 29, 30 was when I started thinking maybe I should stop this. Uh, and yeah, it kind of just, you, you've, you've let like who you are be out and get used to being who you are and doing what you want. Uh, and I think that's why like with things like your ambition and what you want to do, you know what they are because you've been yourself for a while now. So you know the things you want and want to do and you it's easier for you to do them. Mm. Being diagnosed as autistic for you is good because um, you recognise where your um, weaknesses might be or where you might have issues now. But then it's different. You got diagnosed, you realise where your problems are. So you still go for the things that you want because you've been, you've been yourself and you know what you want. Mm. But you now have like bits that are signposted where you go, be careful when you start doing this or yeah. trying to achieve this because your autism might make it more difficult. Whereas I think for me, because I've never really been myself until now, I, I kind of just don't know anymore like what I want, who I am, what I'm supposed to be doing. And therefore... I don't really have any ambitions towards anything because the things that everybody else wants, I don't want. And I don't know if I ever wanted them or I don't know if I do want them. And now when I think like, yeah, I want to do that. And then I now stop and think, yeah, but do I want to do that? Or is that just because everybody else is doing that? Or do mm. I want to do it? And I can't, I can't pinpoint whether or not I actually want to or if the masking part of me wants to so I appear NT. So now when I think I want something, I'm finding it hard to 
to follow it. What I've started doing, weirdly, um, is say I want to do something. Uh, I don't just do it straight away. So say I want to buy something that I think, oh, I should buy that. Yeah. Instead of thinking like that's one of my masking outfits. What I do is, is um, I think about it. I want to get it. But then if I don't buy it, because uh, some stuff I'm like, oh, I should get this. I think I showed you like a T-shirt the other day. Yeah. And this is a really basic example. But I showed you a T-shirt the other day. And I was like, this is cool. I should get this. Um, but then I didn't just buy it. Yeah. And it's now been a week since I saw it and I still haven't bought it. Every now and then I think about it and think I should get it. But what I'm doing now is I'm doing this thing where I think, well, I didn't just buy it straight away. So I obviously don't want it. And therefore I stopped thinking about it. And I've started doing that with everything now. Um, like I'm going with my first reaction to it instead. So I think that's that's trying to help a little bit. Because what I do is I have a reaction to something. And then in my head I go, would I do this if I was NT? Would I, or is this me or that kind of thing? So what I'm doing now is when something happens and I have a feeling about it, um, even for me, my feelings around my reactions to stuff are really brief. They either don't come at all or they're there for like a split second. But what I'm trying to do now is remember what my first reaction to it was. And if it was a no, to just go with no. Yeah. You know, so like if I wanted to do something, I would have done it. I would have just done it. It would be something like with stuff that I've bought or like when I decide to like get my hair cut or, you know, when I decide what I want to eat, I'll just do it. Um, you know, so I've now I'm trying to do that with everything. When I think about doing something, if my initial reaction is, yeah, I'd like to do that. I just think, well, then that's it. I want to do it. Or if I think, nah, I just think, well, don't do it then. Don't do the should I, shouldn't I? Would that make me appear no more normal? Would that make me appear not normal? Because um, I remember as a kid, like there's things that people would do, like my friends, like I said, causing trouble in class. Yeah. Where I would genuinely think when people started doing that kind of stuff, there was part of me that used to think like, should we be doing this? Yeah. Um, because it seems odd. But I couldn't work out why it seemed odd. Obviously, it was because it's not what you're supposed to be doing. Like you said, you just got on with your maths. But for me, there was just, I got this feeling of this doesn't seem right, but I don't know why. And I think I should pay more attention to that. If I get the feeling it doesn't seem right, even if I can't work out what's weird about it, I just should just not do it. Yeah. And I think I should start doing that more and that might be like helpful for me, I feel. Yeah. I mean, I think you've changed so much in the past like couple of years. I mean, I'm sure, you know, just in life, people change like over the course of years anyway but I I definitely seen you seem so much calmer as a person now I don't know calm yeah calmer but also just more like accepting of yourself Mm. you definitely seem more like that recently especially like a key example is with your work you seem so much more accepting now than you were before and it it's made you seem happier um but just in the there's been loads of things that I've noticed with you that you just seem to have changed, but for the better. Yeah. In fact, there's not really anything that I can think of burger-wise where I think you seem worse now than you were before. Because obviously I know with... Um, I, d- obvi- I think it's with a lot of people on the spectrum, but sometimes we get these... It's, it's almost like special interests or obsessions that aren't positive, uh, like the bad ones. So I had it with my face um, being like a, a really bad one. You've had really bad health anxiety in mm. the past um, where, you know, every cough or itch becomes potential for death. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or, you know, something extreme. But I haven't 
seen like anything come up in you that's been a bad one really like at all and anything you have got a little bit beggary about it's been so brief compared to things you used to do for example like a couple of years ago you used to when you went through that stage stage of obsessing over consoles and you used to buy different games consoles all the time and then change them and say like and it's not that that's really bad there's nothing wrong with that you weren't getting yourself into any sort of like financial difficulty because of it because you were getting old consoles we're not talking the latest ones it was all sort of like n64s and Mm. gamecube and the wii u which obviously is newer but you weren't you weren't it wasn't an issue money wise but you were just constantly changing because you weren't getting i think the satisfaction that you wanted from each one but now you seem a lot more settled with things like that just in general and same with clothes you used to buy a lot of clothes and then return them and not know what you but now it's definitely yeah it's definitely a lot more settled i don't feel like you're chasing before it felt like you were like chasing something like a feeling of satisfaction or a high or something but it doesn't it doesn't feel like that with you anymore yeah 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 uh, i mean the clothes is a good example because i used to do this thing where i'd see something that i thought i wanted and they were like should i get it shouldn't i get it should i get it and then i do this thing where i put it in my basket and then it's my basket and then i give it an hour and then i'm gone to check out and then i'd give it an hour and then i start putting like my paypal stuff in and then as i'm about to print proceed with order i just close the app yeah and then like an hour later i'd open the app again and start thinking about it and like what i'm doing now is if i find myself going for that process i don't want it and that's yeah. what i'm doing i just I, I don't want it because with the stuff i do want i just buy it i don't yeah. ever like do that so now i'm starting to notice my weird like autistic things that i'm doing like that where i'm kind of doing it in weird stages over the space of like a day just to order one item and if i'm doing that then that means I don't want it. So yeah. what I've started doing now is if, if I've noticed that I haven't just, if I'm like hesitant to do something, I think there's part of me that's telling me you don't want this. That's why you're hesitant. And then once I'm doing that, so they're just ordering it and thinking, well, I can always send it back. I just take it out of the basket, close the app down. And then I think like, I don't want this. That's why I'm doing this. Yeah. And I've just started doing that instead. And that seems to be making me a lot more calmer it was hard the first few times but now when i'm doing it like i'm not just with buying stuff online there's loads of other stuff where i'm having these feelings of do i want to do that um where now i'm just thinking if i'm not sure then i don't want to so i'm kind of doing this like it's almost like um it's just 50 50 because you know it's, it's black and white but if i wanted it i'd just do it and if i'm unsure i don't want it so i'm now taking unsure as a no instead yeah. of just a I don't know it's a no and I found that that's making everything a lot easier. Like I said, to start off with, it was hard. When I did my first flat out, I obviously don't want this, then don't do it. I still, there was still like a feeling of thinking about it and was that the right decision? But the more and more I've done it, the more and more like relaxed and calmer I'm getting. Yeah, because you, you used to get obsessed with things a lot. And it, like you say, not just buying things, just thoughts. There definitely used to be thoughts that you used to get really obsessed over. I And... It has, yeah, a lot of, you do seem so much different. Like, I'm really impressed by how much calmer you seem, just in, in general, all the time. And you do seem happier, I suppose. And I know you don't really experience happiness, but I guess the sense of calmness makes you seem happier. 
Well, it's a massive, you're, I mean, like, you're a massive, like, help to that in general. I mean, obviously doing these episodes is useful because we mm. kind of talk stuff out. Because me and you don't really talk about our autism that often. I think to start off with, we used to talk about autism all the time. Yeah. But I'd say that our conversations outside of this podcast are very rarely autism related. Yeah. Every now and then I'll be like, oh, it's my burgers. But I think that's about it. Or sometimes I'll call you a burger or I'll tell you off yeah. for burgering. But, like, <laughs> that's it. Um, it doesn't really, like, work out that way. Uh, that much I don't really talk about it but I think it's because I've watched you uh, and you're like I say you're more like you're just yourself you just kind of you do the things you want to do you don't do the things you don't want to do and I think initially I found it irritating if I'm honest um, <laughs> Sorry. like you you'd eat something and then be like yeah no I don't really like and you'd have like the tiniest bite and you'd be like oh that's not really for me I don't want that and I'd just be like like you've barely ate it like what do you know and I'd just be like, get it eaten, you know, like, because that's what I do. Like with a lot of stuff with me, like I'll bite something and think, I don't know, I'm sure I like this. Uh, but then I'll just keep eating it because I'm thinking like, oh, maybe I do like it. I don't know. And like what I really should be doing is like, once again, like my rule of, well, you're unsure. So you obviously don't like it. Um, and, but like I'd watch you just be like, no, that's not for me or I don't want to do that. And I think initially I my irritation was just, a, I guess, like almost like a jealousy where I'd just be like, how are you doing that? So I'd get like annoyed with you for doing it. But then I've realized that you're just more yourself. You know, you you do what you want to do. You very rarely do stuff you don't want to do unless it's something like because you, you're at work and you've got to do it because that's literally your job. And, yeah. you, and you're a bit like, oh, I don't want to do this. But then you'll do it. But you in your own time, you'll rarely ever do anything that you don't want to do. And I think watching you do that and... The last couple of years of watching you do that, I've just realised that that's what I should be doing. And initially I fought it a little bit, but I've got better and better at doing it. And I think that's just from watching you do it. Kind of like you and that math girl. I'm kind of having like that. <laughs> but you're the math girl and I'm you in that oh situation. Oh my gosh. I never thought that would be me. <laughs> I mean, you are a math girl anyway, in general. Yeah, I know. Like you are still, uh, uh, like, you're still a massive math dork. <laughs> yeah, uh, you do say that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it it's definitely been interesting. I think I think um like for people on the spectrum in general, I think the more comfortable you can be with yourself, the I happier or at least more content you'll feel. And I I think that's true of people not on the spectrum as well. I think anyone like if you can be comfortable with who you are, it definitely makes life easier because if you're constantly thinking I'm not good enough or I need to change then but I do think it's a it really is like a long process I don't think it's I don't think you can just go well tomorrow I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna be fine with anything but I think like especially for people on the spectrum if you are constantly worried about saying no to going out because you think people are gonna judge you or think you know you're a bit of a loser because you don't want to hang out or if you're constantly worried about having to, you know, get... I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, things that people on the spectrum do, but constantly worried about having to seem really sociable and chat all the time or be really upbeat when you, you know, are finding it hard to really... You know, not that you're downbeat, but you're finding it hard to put on this upbeat persona when you just want to be a kind of flatline, if mm. that makes sense, or... You know, if you're putting pressure on yourself to change something that 
you're then having to expend a lot of energy into changing. I think it is going to bring you down and it's or it's going to be exhausting. You're probably not going to be as happy. So I think the more you you can be, the better. And I know it's not always easy or applicable in every situation, especially when you're at work. I understand like for me, when I'm at work, I don't want to, I can't be, I, I don't want to say I can't be too autistic, but it, it almost feels like that. Like it feels like I have to, you know, I can't just say what's on my mind. Like I would ordinarily do. I do have to kind of hold myself back because, you know, you've got to be polite. And sometimes it's not that being on the spectrum can make you not polite, but you know, you want to say what you're thinking. And sometimes what you're thinking isn't workplace appropriate. So I obviously it's not easy to do everywhere, but I think if it's, especially if you're noticing that you feel unsettled or you're constantly having like, or you're constantly ruminating, like I feel like that can be a sign of stress, like masking. Mm. So yeah, I think if you can try and become more comfortable with yourself and just accepting of like, this is me. And maybe if I try and be a bit more me, I'm going to realise that I'm happier and that people around me aren't, you know, wanting to just run away. Because mm. I, I think that was a fear. Like, I just thought that everyone was going to hate me for being myself. And that didn't really happen. Uh, it probably changed the people that hung around with me. But I never found myself, you know, on an island on my own, even though <laughs> that would have probably been the ultimate <laughs> but yeah like just be more content with yourself if you can because it's it'll help you be more relaxed and like I'm quite even though a lot of people don't know I'm autistic I will happily say things like oh I really like routine I don't need to tell them I'm autistic I can just you know say I really like routine so I don't want to go out for a meal that night because I've already planned what I'm going to have for dinner, what I'm going to watch on TV and what time I'm going to go to bed. And I'll say it and I don't really care if that makes them think that I'm a bit strange. You do just tell people that, yeah. Yeah, like I, I just think people might think that's a bit odd, but at least then they'll go, okay, maybe I won't ask next time. Hmm. Or if I ask next time, I'll expect potentially that sort of answer and then I won't feel as comfortable doing it a second time because I think well I've already told them once they they know I don't think anybody has ever gone well in that case I don't want to talk to you ever again because you're into routine you know I've never had that yeah whereas I I definitely think if I told people my burger stuff um they would uh yeah treat me differently is my assumption uh, so I tend to just tell people in the same situation, uh, I'm sorry, I can't make it. But I wouldn't tell them like, specifically what the deal is. Whereas, yeah, I've heard you do it, you just do it. Yeah. yeah. And I think the more comfortable, you don't have to be that comfortable, but the more comfortable you get with yourself, I think it does make things easier. I think it makes things more uh, kind of, I don't know, I think it gives you a kind of a power or something. It makes me feel more in control. Yeah, definitely. Well, welly, 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 well. That's it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, thank you, everybody. Uh, I know I asked about the whole Apple Anchor podcast thing that's going on. Um, 
So I sent the, basically I've, I've got to talk to Apple now. Uh, so I've spoke to Anchor and Anchor basically have said there's nothing they can do or that they can help me. Um, they've raised the same stuff that they've raised before, telling me that it works fine and the issues with Apple. But last time I spoke to Apple about this, they told me the issues with Anchor, but Anchor are convinced that if I ask Apple again this time, they'll fix it. So we'll see. Um, but I'm not I'm not counting on it working uh, because it seems like both sites just want to blame each other and not actually try and fix it or try and work out what I'm doing wrong. Um, so I don't know because I've not changed the way I record the episodes or how I upload the episodes since we started doing this. I've been doing the same thing for the last two years, so I can't see it's something that I'm doing. But we'll see. Um, like I say, uh, I will talk to Apple this week. Thank you, everybody, that normally listens to their podcasts on Apple and have had to download another app or are listening to us somewhere else to get it. Like, that's really appreciated uh, that you're doing that. Yeah. Um, I was talking about it the other day to you that it would annoy me if I listen to all my podcasts in one place and then for one podcast I have to use a different app. Like, I can see how that would be irritating. Um, so thanks for those that are doing that. Um, and I will try and get it fixed, but I don't know if it will be fixed soon. Um but I will try this week to get it done. Yeah. But that's it. Uh, usual places to find us. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm not on Twitter at the moment. So if you are following us on Twitter, you won't really see much action there. I've kind of deleted Twitter at the moment. Uh, I go through stages of deleting Twitter completely. Just the stuff that's going on in UK politics at the moment. It's driving me mad. So I've just deleted Twitter because if I have to read any more about it, I, I don't know. I uh, I just, I can't read any more about it. It's driving me crazy. So I've deleted it until basically things in this country have moved on politically for a bit. So Instagram and Facebook is where you'll find us. There's a private group on Facebook. Uh, you need to get an invite to get in. So you can try and ask and it will let you in. If you've been waiting a while to be let in, um, but you've realized that your Facebook account says that you set it up this year in the last month or so, I'm not declining people that I think might be bots. I'm just leaving you in the waiting room. If you found that you've been in there for a few days, message me on um, Instagram or probably better on Instagram if you've got it, because the Facebook Messenger ones, I don't get the messages. Scarlett does. Um, but Scarlett always gets some while she's at work, so she can't do them. And for some reason, the Facebook messages on our group don't come to my phone. They just come to hers. But Instagram, I get all the time. Or email. You can email themaspergers at gmail.com. I get them pretty much all the time as well. If you want to say, just let me into the group if you feel like you've been sat waiting for ages and want in. Uh, it's just some people, their pages look a bit uh, suspicious. I'm not saying it is. I know some people set new pages up all the time. It's just uh, I don't want to let anybody in that's going to cause trouble. Um, or it's just like spamming the, the pages. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, the Flight is actually a really good film as well, if you want to give it a watch. I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Bye.